Well, good morning. How are you all doing out there? God bless you and good to see you. Good to hear from you. And this morning, I I want to go in a sort of a different direction. And here's, here's the reason why. You hear me preach all the time and you've heard other preachers preach and you see preachers on television and so forth and so on. But I, I want you to know this morning that the time that has been soon won't be no more. And I want to preach with an urgency, with a passion, because I want to save somebody's soul. I want to inspire, I want to encourage, and I want to uplift, and I want to reach somebody today. So I want you to hear me. Today we're going to be talking about Making spiritual decisions. Making spiritual decisions. And sometimes I'm asked as a preacher, why do you preach? Why 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 do you encourage people? Because people are going to do what they want to do regardless. And here's my answer. I do it out of obedience to Christ. I do it out of love to Christ. As a Christian and as a minister, I'm told over and over again, share the gospel. Share your testimony and teach the people. Uh, you, you've, you've read Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Go ye therefore into all the world and teach them and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be obedient to the word. Paul said in, in Hebrews 3.13, encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. See, we're so busy judging one another, talking about one another, we forget we ought to be lifting one another up and encouraging one another. Else, sin gets a hold of one of us and drags us out to sea. And people say, what happened to so-and-so? Oh, man, last time I saw him, he was, he was out there. Did anybody try to help? Did anybody try to encourage? So that's what I want to do this morning. Ha haven't, haven't we heard enough bad news? Isn't it time for some good news? The gospel? huh? Something encouraging? Something that can give us hope? In these dark times, because Lord knows there's some dark times right now. People getting divorced, people losing their jobs, people terminally ill, somebody got hit by a DUI, a driving under the influence, uh, somebody lost their teen, somebody's teen is pregnant, somebody's teen uh, is gay. It, we're just hearing so much. And we want to put this in perspective and offer some encouragement. Uh, and what, what, what does it mean, preacher, to encourage? It means to give something heartening, something that cheers folk up, something that boos you up, peps you up, uplifts, inspires. We want to rally the troops. We want to motivate. We want to incite people to good. We want to stimulate people's hearts, mind, and soul. We want to invigorate somebody. All of that, all those synonyms, huh? And so the art of encouraging 
is to give someone the courage to incite someone to action, to persevere, to go forward, to go on, not to give up. Because that's what a whole lot of folks are doing today, even folks in the church. In fact, the church today, and I hate to say this, but it's real and it's true, is one of the most dismal places to be in. Lying, cheating preachers, stealing the money, sleeping with the women, People see it and allowing it, letting it go forward. No, no teaching, no uplifting. We're just hearing songs, hearing a sermon about faith, charity, peace, joy. And then we go on about our business and sin some more. My, 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 my. God help us. So as followers of Christ, we are called to be encouraging to one another. We are not called to be encouraging, but we are instructed to be encouraging. That, that's, that's what we're supposed to do. Huh? And when you encourage someone, you are trying to build them up. You are reminding them of whom they are in Christ. My brother, you can't do that. You, you. The Lord loves you. You love the Lord. That's not you. My sister, come on, come on. You're more than that. You're better than that. You don't have to do that. You, you're trying to lift somebody up and let them know they are more than what they're acting like. You are showing them that through the power of the Holy Spirit, they can overcome whatever it is that's trying to keep them down. We must encourage one another. Uh, we must push each other forward. Whatever it is that's dragging us down, we got to help lift that burden, that weight off our brother, off our sister. Huh? And, and, and that's why the, the Bible says to do a new thing, run to Jesus. There's just too much criticism, too much judgment, not enough encouragement. Huh? And, and, and you know what these are all, uh, you know what these categories, these all falls under? Making spiritual decisions. You see, a lot of it comes, uh, here we go again, a lot of it comes from our family members, even in our church, who ought to know better. There's nothing worse than a sheep bite. Sheep mean other Christians. You know, sheep bites are poisonous. Folk, you expected to lift you up. Family members, you expect to lift you up, and they're the very ones biting you and taking That's a poisonous bite. Huh? There's also another problem with encouragement. Many people don't even know how to receive it when they do get it. So if they're not being judged, then when they do get encouraged, they don't know how to receive it, so they shut it down. And, and I'm sure there's numerous reasons for this. I, I, I know that. I, I, having come from a hard knock life, I understand there's a lot of reasons for not knowing how to receive encouragement. You know, I was a police officer for 23 years. I'm currently a private investigator for the last eight years, dealing with all kinds of rapes and robberies and homicides and human trafficking and, and drug cases. I understand how damaged people are. And I know this, a lot of it, of why we cannot receive encouragement is because of our upbringing. Yeah, 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 how we were brought up, the lack thereof. You know, mom just wasn't there for us. 
dad just wasn't there for us. Our uncles, you know, they all bad. Our aunts all bad. Uh, grandparents weren't there for us. We went on our own. Some of us going from foster home to foster home. How how is someone now going to try to encourage us as an adult when we missed out on all this as a, as a child, as a teen? I get it. I get it. There has been so much mental and physical and sexual and spiritual abuse until many of us are damaged goods as adults. I get it. Huh? We, we don't know how to encourage anyone and we don't want anyone trying to encourage us. All our life, we've been put down, stepped on. Huh? We, we, we've struggled to get by. So, so as far as we're concerned, if we made it by struggling, <laughs> let everyone else struggle too. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's where we are. Many of us say, I grew up with hard knocks, so let everybody else go through it too. Wow. Now, now, now listen, listen. Please understand. I, of all people, I get it. I get it. I grew up in the housing projects of Los Angeles. And I'm going to tell you, this is a place... Jordan Down, Nickerson Gardens, Pueblo del Rio. This is a place I would not recommend to anyone to raise their family. Not if you want them to survive. I don't care how they, re they reduce the rates. <laughs> my, you, you basically are bothering your kids for reduced rates. And your own life. Your kids are basically taken from you by 10 years old. And they're taught to sell drugs and sell their body and steal or get severely hurt by gang members. Yeah, that's the project life. And, and you either learn to push through it or go around it. It's a hard knock culture. But this, my friend, is where Christ comes in. God has given us a way to escape these maladies and all this other stuff I've just talked about. Through his word and through prayer. Now notice, I did not say through the church. No, no, we're not, we're not doing that no more. We're doing a new thing. You, you, you got to go straight to God. The church is, is hampering us. The church is hurting us. Now there are some good churches. There's a whole lot of good pastors. But then we've also run into a whole lot of messy, messy, messy churches. And they've ruined people, to, even to the point where people don't want to have nothing to do with God anymore because the church has messed them up. And they think God is the church. No, 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 no. God is not the church. And the building is not the church. It's those people in there. That's the church. And they've hurt a whole lot of people. Sheep bites. They've, the, the sheep, the church, the Christians, they've bitten a whole lot of people who they should have been helping and encouraging. And they've bitten them. And those bites were poisonous. And now these people can't even receive encouragement. We talk about making spiritual decisions, church. God knows what you are suffering. And he knows where you are. And he knows what you're dealing with. Don't think he doesn't. And I'm going to tell you this. Listen, listen to me. God will send encouragement and hope your way through various means. And then when you get that encouragement, he expects you to receive it and pay it forward. Go and encourage somebody else. 
Did you know God is in the business of healing people? Yeah. Mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. God is called the great physician. And he will heal you in every way, shape, and form, even financially. And I get it. So many of us have suffered at the hands of those who claimed to love us. We have gone through situations that were just astronomical. And we've been told some lies, oh my God, by those who are supposed to love us. <laughs> some of us, we don't need no enemies. Our friends have done a good damage on us. Our, our family has done good damage on us. Our so-called Christian brothers and sisters have damaged us so. And we believed them. Some of them told us, friends, family, huh? Child, you ain't worth nothing. You worthless. And, and, and here's the sad part. We believed them. So instead of them encouraging us and lifting us up, they were putting us down because they couldn't have their way with us. Because they didn't like something we did. Because they didn't like some place we had in life or in the church. My, 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 my preacher. Mm, 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 mm. Well, God is saying to us, enough of that nonsense. And he has come that we might have life and have it more abundantly. God wants to heal our wounds. God wants us to grow and receive his encouragement for our sakes and for the sake of others. Oh, and I want to tell you, there's healing power in the blood of Christ. My, 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 my. Wonder working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Didn't the songwriter say, would you be free from the burden of sin? There's power in the blood. Would you, over a victory and evil, have victory and win? Oh, there's wonder-working power in the blood. Would you be free from your passion and pride? Huh? There's power in the blood. Won't you come for a cleansing to Calvary's tide? There is power in the blood. Would you be whiter, much whiter than snow? There's power in the blood. Sin stains are lost in its life-giving flow. There is wonder-working power in the blood. Oh, my God. Would you do service for Jesus, your King? Would you live daily his praises to sing? My friend, there is power in the blood of the Lamb. Don't be one of those people who cannot receive a compliment, who cannot receive encouragement. Don't close yourself off from the love of God through Christ because of what somebody has done to you, because of what you've gone through. Give Jesus a chance. Give the word of God a chance. Notice I didn't say give the church a chance because a lot of you, you've gone from church to church to church to church and had the same experience, negative. And now you put out, now you're down and out. I'm asking you to give God a chance. We need encouragement and we need to make better spiritual decisions. You're going to get through this. 
whatever you're going through, you're going to get through this. And we need to hear, don't worry, another door will open. That's what we need to hear. Allow folks to bless you and build you up. Don't put yourself down and don't let them put you down. Uh, don't, don't, you, you don't need to deflect their encouragement. Receive it. Everybody's not trying to manipulate you. Now, in the church, in our home, in our workplace, there's a whole lot of folks that are trying to manipulate you, but everybody is not trying to manipulate you. There's some folks who are trying to encourage you and lift you up, and you have to receive that. And God will give you the discernment to know the difference between the two. Thank them for your for blessing you with their words or sharing an expression of their belief in you moving forward and move on. Whatever you do, believe in Christ and believe in yourself moving forward with the ability that God gives you through the Holy Spirit. Part of receiving encouragement is learning how to make spiritual decisions. Half the battle in life, and people don't understand this, they don't realize this, churches are not teaching this, half the battle in life is spiritual decisions. You make the right spiritual decisions, you got the battle half won. Half our battles, if not three quarters, are spiritual battles under the guise of something else. And you got, you got to give it to the devil. The devil is cunning. And he will intentionally send an imp, a minion, or, or, or whatever issue into your life to keep you from knowing God and his goodness through Christ. He will put you in a bad church. He'll put you in a bad situation. He'll put you in a bad job and you'll think it's fine because you're making money. That ain't where you're supposed to be. He'll put you in a bad marriage and you think, but he loved me. Is that love? Is that really love? Huh? Listen to what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to abolish or demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Are you listening to me? Huh? And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. You need to go back and read that for yourself. Again and again and again. King James Version and Living Bible. Uh, and the message. And, listen, listen. We as the saved in Christ must stop separating our lives like it, like it not supposed to all go together. You don't have a world life and a church life. It ought to be the same. You don't have a, a home life and a school life and a church life. It ought to all be one. Huh? This is the reason so many adults are messed up today. 
Your life's all scattered all over the place. Bad spiritual decision. Bad spiritual decision. Supposed to be a, a, a good Christian sheep and you just bad. Huh? Your childhood and teenage matters. You don't mess that up and think you're just going to be a wholesome adult. Huh? Your upbringing matters. Your secular life and your church life are not separate. They should be combined as one. And anybody that tells you otherwise... That is of the devil. Too many of us are secret agent Christians. Our two worlds never meet. And that's so sad. So sad. We're one way at home, another way at work, another way at school, and a whole other way at church. My, 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 my. And here's the funny thing. It's not funny, but funny, ironic, funny. Not like ha-ha funny. We, we even speak a church language or a church vernacular. But at work or school, we speak a totally different language. We cussing, fighting, and fussing. And then we get to church and, and oh, hallelujah, oh, praise the Lord. Really? <laughs> when praises go up, blessings come down. <laughs> Boy, that ain't what you were saying at work. That ain't what you say at home. My, 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 my. God is good. And, and, and the correct response to this prompt is not yes or amen. You, you should always respond, God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. Are you living this life or are you just saying this life? Come on now. You know, and then we talk about the building fund. What in the world is that? An additional offering that's asked of the congregation to fill up a, a pot of money that's supposed to go toward a new building, but yet the building has never been built. <laughs> My Lord, 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 I, I, I'm, I'm trying to move on. I do not want to dwell on this. And, and then we got the mothers of the church. Mm, 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 mm. Now, these are the female elders of the church, whether or not they, they have any children. Uh, the term mother is, is kind of like an honorific type thing bestowed on a woman uh, by virtue of her age. So she gets to wear white and sit in front of the church and wear a wopside hat. And, 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 and <laughs> is that helping anybody? I, don't you be picking on the mothers. I ain't picking on the mothers. I'm just making a point. Is that really helping anybody? Is that doing any good for anybody? Is that encouraging anybody? Or is that just some traditional thing that we do, especially in the black church? Move on, preacher. Move on. Move on. I, I digress. Uh, and then, then you got the, the church say, uh, uh, look at your neighbor and, and say, neighbor. <laughs> Good Lord. Oh, my, my, my. Why in the world are we doing that? And black pastors they love this interactive mnemonic tool. Uh, you know, <laughs> boy, I tell you what, you go to church with some folk and you can touch them if you want to. Talking about touch and agree. You're going to pull back a nub. Leave folk alone. Huh? Don't, don't be touching folk. Don't be saying, neighbor, mind your business. Hear what the word is and let the word change and fix you. 
stop all this this nonsense, huh? My God, all this rhetorical devices and what have you. And then then we got, won't he do it? <laughs> my 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 my. Uh, uh, somebody said they went to a black church, and and somebody said, won't he do it? And the person looked around and said, won't, won't he do what? Somebody said, it must not have been a black person. I don't know what color they were. The fact of the matter is, we all we got all these sayings and all these slogans, all this churchianity, huh? And, and, and you got to get away from that and get to what's real, making real spiritual decisions. Come on now, huh? And stop all this. I, I need you to touch and agree. Don't touch nobody. <laughs> Boy, I tell you what. Uh, one woman said, she told her husband, so I heard the pastor say, go and hug somebody, and you ran right over to sister so-and-so, knowing she got the biggest breast in the church. What was that about? And I said, well, I was just trying to hug. She said, no, no, no. Why did you go hug her? You, you passed up all these other women, all these other uh, men, and you go and hug her. You see, you see, people know us, and some of us got ulterior motives. And all, and, and these preachers do too. These pastors do too. Why are you going and hugging people and and squeezing them and all this other? You know what? You need to knock that nonsense off. Mm-hmm. We we have fallen into a pattern of behavior where we live separate lives, and 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 we can't receive encouragement because of our past. And then the behavior we have now is so messed up and so separated. It doesn't even make sense. If you ask yourself why you did and said something, you'd have to look at it yourself and say, you know what? I don't know why I did that. Because the preacher asked you to do it. Because the pastor asked you to do it. Because the bishop asked you to do it. And then we get, we, we, uh, uh, bishop said, pastor said, does he have a name? Who is he? Move on, preacher. Move on. Move on. Listen, listen. Instead, our spiritual life should infiltrate every area of our no exceptions. And when this happens, our whole world view, every interaction we come into, and all of our decision making will be impacted for the better because they are rooted in the truth of God's word. Making spiritual decisions, that's what we're talking about. We can then receive encouragement. And not only so, we can give encouragement. Another problem, and I'm going to try to get through this real fast. Another problem is too many of us are making decisions based upon what we feel. That is one of the worst things you can do. If they feel it's right, they do it. You, you, you acting based on your feelings? Really? Yeah, a whole lot of us. Whole lot of us, or, or if their friends think it's okay, we ask our friend, "What do you think about this?" He ain't no good, she ain't no good, and you asking them for advice. Their life is messed up, and you asking them what they think. <laughs> Don't you know misery loves company? They gonna tell you what what you ought to be doing so you can get in the same boat they're in. Come on now, huh? If your decisions are not rooted. In the truth of God's word, listen to me. You are living on a precipice. Look that up. Huh? 
Look that up. You're living on a precipice. We ought to make our decisions based on God's word and God's will. That matters, folks. We ought to be honoring God, not our pastor, not our bishop. Come on now. Oh, my God. Please do not be one of those people who are led by your feelings, or led by the secular world around you. Instead, hold every decision you make up to the scripture and seek to make wise, God-honoring decisions every chance you get. And this way, you can be good for yourself as well as good for and to others. A lot of the stuff we go through, God allows. Why, why, why does God allow? So that we can get a fresh glimpse of God. We, we have to go through some stuff. That, it, that's just a way of teaching us. God allows things in our life. God permits things in our life. God basically uh, uh, just gives us a, a roadmap. Huh? He, he makes circumstances so that we can learn. He navigates our circumstances. Huh? The Christian life is not a thrill. God wants to fill us with his word. The Christian life is an experience, not a thrill. Too many of us are jumping from church to church, looking for thrills, looking for the best choir, the best screaming preacher, the best singing preacher. My, 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 my. When we ought to be looking for encouragement, ought to be looking to be taught, ought to be looking how we can encourage somebody else. This life is not always going to be fun and exciting. Come on, huh? There's going to be plenty of bumps along the way. In fact, I, I'm going to say this. It's tough to follow Christ and live right. And anybody tells you otherwise, <laughs> I'd be careful listening to them. The Christian life is tough. And that's why you have to do like Jesus said and like the songwriter said, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. I'm asking somebody right now to make a decision for Christ. And, and I want go ahead and 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 just 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 start the music up because I, I want somebody to make a decision for Christ. Yeah, yeah, we almost done here. I, 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 we have to live according to the word. And I'm going to tell you, it ain't easy. We have to have biblical convictions rather than just going along with the crowd. And it's difficult. But, but I want to say this. It's worth it. You don't want to follow the broad way. Huh? When, when, when we choose to walk the narrow, tough path, you know what we're doing? We're making spiritual decisions. And we're choosing to align ourselves with God's plan and God's will. And only then, my friend, will we experience true joy true comfort.
true peace, true hope, and encouragement. Preach, 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 preach. If you want to experience all that God has for you, I'm begging you, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you align yourself with his word. What did he say in Jeremiah 29? I know what plans I have for you. Plans to give you a future and a hope. Oh my God. I'm trying to reach somebody today. I want you to make better spiritual decisions. My, 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 my. Father, in the name of Jesus, somebody needs to hear you right now. Somebody needs to feel your presence. Somebody needs to be uplifted. Somebody needs to be encouraged. Somebody needs hope. Somebody needs peace. Somebody needs your word. Oh God, open up their mind, their heart, their soul. Whatever they're going through, whatever they're dealing with, let them know the word, the answer is in you. In you, not in drugs, not in alcohol, not in illicit activity, not in immoral activity, but in you. Oh God, touch somebody right now. wherever they are. Let this message reach you. Those in the congregation right now, those all over the world who hear this message, Lord, touch them in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, God, touch them right now. Touch them, Lord. Touch those in Colombia. Touch those in Brazil. Touch those in the UK. Touch those in Russia, Germany. All over the world, they're hearing this message, Father. Let them be blessed. Let them be inspired. Let them be encouraged. Let them be uplifted. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. This is Faith Worth Finding Ministries. Weekly Encouragements by Nam Way. God bless you.